Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Get a Bucket Podcast. This is your host, Dre and Trey. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? All right, all right. So, you know, we have yet another uh, another couple of playoff games in the books. You know, the NBA season, or playoffs rather, is heating up. Trey, how you feeling, man? What you, what you want to talk to the people about today? Uh... Dude, it it have you been watching the uh the second round so far? I have. I have. It's been uh it's been mm. entertaining. I've been catching a couple games. I can't say that I've caught every single one. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? What's it's up? a player that's not even playing anymore that's catching more interest for me though. Like okay. Russell Westbrook. What's wrong with your man? Like like why <laughs> I'm I'm starting to not be a fan of him too um, much like I, I he like he's bugging you can't lose and respond like that like you, you can't like you just can't what was the response i may have missed it i want to make sure i'm on the same page well he's not really responding that's the problem like you know if you, when, when he when he's winning or something going uh against or uh, if something's going for him right oh he's really energetic on the right. court he's extremely energetic and like very vocal but uh-huh. when things are going wrong for him oh now he's silent now he doesn't want to talk now it's a oh well no 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 don't 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 like that's him all the time that's him all the time like just don't say this don't do that we're not gonna do this like don't don't say that Stephen don't say that Paul George like don't that's him like what's wrong with your man? So it sounds like to me that you're upset that he's not saying anything after his loss. Do I got that right? Yeah, like he's just not giving us good enough answers, man. Like you can't. Well, I can't, can't really, I can't really fault him for that. So, I mean, you got to think about it. Um, most of the players that we kind of see when they lose, they aren't the best losers. So, the primary example that comes to my mind is Steph Curry. So, Steph Curry, um, as much as I love him, I think he's a, a great player. I think he's a Hall of Famer already. Um, I love that he has these Christian values, and he's a he's a solid dude. But at the same time. Steph is the main one shimmying and dancing and pandering to the crowd when he's winning. But when they lose, you know, he's throwing his mouthpiece. He's sulking on the sideline. So when Bruh, I see the same thing it. from Steph, when I see the same thing from Russ, um, I mean, yeah, you would like to see all of the players do well. And I think Steph, he, I mean, excuse me, Russ, Russ just has this general bad uh, uh, reputation because of – I think he just plays aggressively and angrily on the court, so that just kind of carries over. So um, I do think that Dame owned him in the playoffs. Um, I do think that his his demeanor isn't for everybody. He kind of rubs people the wrong way. Um, so it's okay to not well, speak to I won't say that it's okay, but, I mean, I think what we're saying is that if you're going to play it one way, you got to play it both ways. And when I say that, you know, if it's not okay for – Russ to not speak to the media, then it shouldn't be entertaining when Marshawn does it. When I say Marshawn, I mean Marshawn Lynch. It shouldn't be entertaining when Greg Popovich well, doesn't do it. It's funny that it shouldn't you, be entertaining with uh, Belichick doesn't. But that do it. Fits. So I think people just kind of hone in on Russ, which I think. Is but see, well, see, those are separate instances. Like those, are, those are different stories. Like that's their personality. Pop, Greg Popovich does not 
is not a vocal player, like a person, like not really, not in the media's eyes. Like we we don't see that. We don't see Greg Popovich talk a lot. I mean, he's starting to talk more, but like he he has funny moments. But primarily, he's mm, kind of reserved to himself. He's also a coach, so if you're asking, so if you like, if you're like asking him what he thinks or what he's about to do. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say something either, just because. Oh, Can I give you my I'm about example? to tell the coach what I'm about to do. Nah, I'm good. I'm keep that to myself. I, sure, go ahead. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if you're gonna play a certain way, if you're gonna be that vocal, that vibrant, that that energetic on the floor, be that same way okay. in the, on, on the press conference. Like if you if you're gonna be that way, if y'all win, be that same way if y'all lose. So, how do you feel about the? North Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring him up too. Okay, they had a point. Now, granted, I get why you sulk. I I understand that wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it doesn't make it right. Like you get called a poor sport. You get called a poor sport all the time. Like I I saw that firsthand with Cam. So, is it, it, it if we're going to scrutinize Cam for it? We can scrutinize Russell for it, okay. And the way and, and when you brought up Steph Curry, I think that's actually inaccurate because I actually think he's very professional. He answers questions to the media. That mouthpiece instance that you that you speak speak of, we both know that was an accident. It slipped out of his hands. He didn't do that at all intentionally. He took his mouthpiece out of his mouth like he normally does, and then flung his arms and in in just anger. But that was it, and it slipped out. That was it. Like you, you put a hundred on ten right now on that one. I can't say that I know that for sure, for a surety. But I mean, okay. Well, fine. the NBA gave him the benefit. The NBA gave him the benefit of the doubt. I think that's like, a reputation thing. I mean, it it gave. He's a good guy. Okay, He's a good so guy he, in the league's eyes. The league likes him. He has a lot of good things off the court, and he has a good. I think guy he's image. a good guy in general. Though. Right. So because of that, he gets the benefit of the doubt. Do you think Russell Westbrook is a good professional? In this sense, define good professional. Like, are we? Are, are is this a knock against his professionalism? Like, when I say professionalism, I mean. Let me give you a few examples of who of players who I think actually show quality professionalism to the media. You had Kobe, Steph, Dame, Melo. Like, the, the, he took some stuff across the chin again when he was in New York. Um, Giannis, Tim Duncan. They talked to the media. Like I said, they took stuff across the chin. Uh, you joked with the media. Um, it, they just came off as professional. And it, they also fit their personality. Like, Kobe's not sitting up there joking all the time. Like, he's answering a question. You know, you might get a laugh or two. But, like, that's typically how it goes. Like, it fits their personality. And then when when, when Russ does it, he, he kind of switches. You know, like that's not. Well, how does it fit? I don't see how it's not fitting Russ's personality. So, if we're being fair, I think he's a little bit of a jerk on the court, um, and he's a little bit of a jerk off the court. So, I think that fits his personality. Do I think it's professional, or do I think he should talk to the media? Sure, you know, if if that is the standard and if that is what the job description says, yes. But in terms of fitting, in terms of fitting his personality, I think it stays one hundred percent true to his personality. When he's on the court, the only people that he really rocks with are his teammates. When he's off the court, the only people that he really rocks with are his teammates. So I think that's that's very consistent. 
I just think that because of the manner in which he carries himself, people don't like it. And that's fine. You don't have to like it. I can see why it could rub people the wrong way. But, you know, it rubs me the wrong way when Bill Belichick doesn't answer people's questions. I'm okay with it when Pop does it. I guess he does it in a funny way. Marshawn, it was in a funny way. But at the same time, the end result is your job is to answer the media's questions. And I think that's what you're saying. If your job is to answer the media's questions, it doesn't matter how you do or don't do it. If you don't answer the media's questions, you're not doing your job. So I think that to say that Russ isn't doing his job because he doesn't do it like a jerk, but Marshawn does it funnily, it's still the same result. You're not, quote unquote, doing your job. Well, I just think if you're going to sit up there, like, for example, when Steph Curry shimmies and, and hits a buzzer beater, oh, he'll talk about that. Anybody would. But if he sits up there and misses a game winner or he gets cooked, well, you know, you, you kind of got to address the media. Like, you got me. So with Russ, I'm not I'm, I'm not. I'm not seeing that, and 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 that to me is a problem. That that's something he has to shake because now a lot of people are questioning you, okay? And that 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 goes to not endorsements. Like, do, do do people want to play with you now? Are you are you a cancer to the team? Like that that's speaking a lot. And if I'm Russ, I I need to I need to change that perception like quickly. Yeah. Quick, last thing I'm gonna say. Last thing I'm gonna mm. say, and then we can switch topics, but. I don't think this media thing is the, the the impetus or the reason behind why Russ has this bad reputation. So I think he got this bad reputation before he had the media issues. It was because KD left, because he was taking shots at the end of the game, he wasn't hitting them, because he was playing out of control. So now that all of that is still happening, KD's gone, he's winning rings. Harden is gone, he's winning MVPs. Russ is still there. Yes, he's a triple-double machine, but now he's a triple-double machine. It's been three straight years since KD left. He's getting exited from the finals in the first round, and he's still acting like a jerk. It's a compounded issue. So, yes, I do think he probably should answer questions professionally in the media, but I don't think necessarily if he did that, his reputation would change. I think that he's, he, I think at the end of the day, he needs to win. And I think that's what he needs to focus on more so is figuring out how to win with the team that he has or bringing in people that want to play with him more so than being nice and smiling for the camera. I actually think he gained the media's favoritism when he got the triple-double and took his team to the playoffs. But that's sure. what not there. Sure, not. sure. I, I, get, I get that too. I, I still think that it doesn't give him a necessarily a, a good reputation. I think people still have a knock against Russ. But yeah, so um, it sounds like that's a jump ball. Yeah, man. So, so I've been watching these playoffs, man, and you know I saw the the injury to Boogie. I saw the injury to Paul George that I would say kind of helped them lose that series. Obviously, Boogie is pretty tragic, you know. And one thing that has been on my mind is that I think that the NBA actually needs to consider contracting. Um, the amount of teams that are going to be playing in the season. And the reason why I'm saying that is that not only are these players getting injured because they're playing such heavy minutes and, you know, with Boogie, you know, he's coming back from a major injury and kind of ingratiating themselves into to the, to the, uh, the roster. But 
you know, if you can track the teams, I think it just makes things a lot more competitive in general. So, you know, with the, the Thunder series, you know, yes, they made it into the playoffs. Yes, they played the Blazers. But there's so many teams that you may watch that aren't as competitive. So I'll say like the Hawks, for example. I'll take the hometown Wizards, for example. Um, they just aren't that competitive. So I think we should consider like contracting the league. Um, I have rationale behind why, but before I get into that, I just want to see what your initial your initial thought on that is. So, I get what you're saying by you want to take away teams and then disperse these players amongst the other teams. Like that that sound cool, but it doesn't sound like that's the best move. It like if you're trying to make the NBA better, um, for starters, you. You have removing jobs, um, families, uh, like in both NBA players and staff. Like, the, where are they going to go now? Um, how do you even choose which teams to to dismantle? How do you add players from those teams to the new teams? Like, are 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 we just deciding? Hey, okay, your family now has to go here. I, that that seems a little bit unfair. Um, maybe make something like a star cap or like a star assignment like this like like players like Kawhi, KD, Braun, Steph, those players are given like a, a certain star rating or whatever based on production and you can only have but so many players on the team and you and it's not like you're playing down so like you you can't finesse that system like that would have to be a, a solid system would have to be in place for this but like a star cap or an all-star cap or something like that and not like not like someone's worked hard and and, be, and became an all star. Like it's like if you trade to get an all star, you can't do that. Maybe they're like less than super teams, and therefore dispersing the talent to other teams. But I, get I, it. I don't think. Um, so here's my rationale behind it. I, I get it. You would probably do some jobs in some of these these teams, um, but there is a clear uh, com- competitive and talent disparity when we're talking about the NBA. So anybody who's been watching the NBA for the past three years has felt like, by and large, with maybe some glimmers of hope, that the Warriors are going to win each series um, or win, win the championship. Sure, LeBron came in and did his thing. The Rockets did their thing, whatever, whatever. But um, for teams like the Orlando Magic, teams like the Bulls, teams like the Wizards, um, there really isn't any hope. Um, to really get to that next level. What I'm proposing with a contraction would be um, taking a look, and the NBA would kind of come up with some type of criteria, whether that is revenue generation, whether that is uh, franchise wins, and I actually think it should be a, a combination of different metrics. So revenue generation, franchise wins, um, maybe it's all-stars, um, generally throughout a certain amount of period, you kind of look at those all together and then you figure out which teams to get rid of. The teams that you get rid of, all of those players will go into a draft. And then from that draft, the um, there would be a draft from the teams that are remaining, from the worst to the best. Obviously, the worst would get the first round pick. And you would kind of cycle through and then those players could be added to the remaining teams. And I think what you would see with that is what you're already seeing is that there would be a collection of super teams. 
Now I'm, I'm getting what will probably be remaining would probably be the Warriors, the Knicks, the Lakers, the um, the Spurs, you know, the Bulls, you know, these kind of teams. But um, yes, I get there would be jobs eliminated, but I just think that would make for a much competitive season. Also, when you're talking about viewership, I don't think people are really watching all 82 games of the NBA. You know, I think there's a lot of games you could kind of cut out that would bring much more viewership, much more sponsorship, bigger ad dollars to these teams that have much more star power, much more competition to it. So I think it'd be something the NBA should think about. I actually think you're losing money because um, what are you going to do now? Charge the players? Oh, absolutely. How much game? How many? How many? How much money would you pay if there was a game where Anthony Davis, KD, LeBron, Steph Curry were on a team versus Giannis, Harden, and Kimball Walker all on the same team? Like you're going to pay much more for that than you would for a Hawks game with I don't know Trey Young versus the Magic and Mobamba. You're just going to pay more for that. So you would probably lose in terms of um, the amount of revenue dollars, but if you just hike the ticket prices and say this is, you're pretty much getting an all-star game every single night. So if you can increase the ticket prices, the ad dollars that you would get, I, I think you would, that, you would you, almost break out either. You have more, you have more, if you have more teams playing, that means you have more games, which means that's more dollars. Like people still watch the games. Like, it's not like the stadium's always sold out, but you still have a quality mm. amount of seats filled per game. So, and and then and then to your point too. In November, nobody's watching. I don't Hawks see match. many. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see much criteria that you can do that would piss off a lot of folks. Like based on your scenario, if it's revenue generating, the Kings might take an L, or if it's win scenario, like the, the Kings could take an L. Because in the past, they have not they been great. But they are. But they've in the past they were like, sure. It's a balance. You got to do a balance. So you got to do how well they performed as a franchise versus how much money they bring in now, versus the number of all stars they've had. It's a lot of things that you consider. I don't think there's a someone like the Knicks. Obviously, even though I don't think they've won that many games as a franchise, they bring in a lot of money and they're just a storied franchise in the NBA. So the Knicks stay. But if you're talking about someone like the the Grizzlies, I, sure, sure. If you're asking me, if you're asking me who I'm cutting versus the Jazz or, or the, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies made the I'm playoffs the for I don't know how many years. You, you 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 can't do that. I, I wouldn't even. I'm not even going to entertain that. And I mean, it sucks. It's going to be hard. It's going yeah, to be like, ruthless. It's a business yeah. decision. But you're going to get much better games throughout the year than you would if you're going to have regular games being played with like I said the Magic and the the Grizzlies or the the Hawks versus the Wizards you put all of the talent together in a contracted league people are going to watch every single night I know for me as much as a diehard fan I am I'm only really watching the really good games I'm not sitting down and watching the Pistons versus the the Lakers on a November night, you know, especially if LeBron's hurt. Especially am, if LeBron's bro. hurt, I'm not doing. It. 
Well, I am, but it's it, it that sounds like it's another jump yeah. ball right there, kid. Facts. I, I, I don't, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't talk about it no more. After you said you sure. cut the Grizzlies, sure. Um, I For can't, sure. I just can't. You know, they right. should do the NBA. The NBA needs to change the uh, playoff formatting, though. I'm tired of this okay. one through eight C. <laughs> like, it, it's it, it's like currently, currently constructed. Actually, no, no. Let's let's. I'm, I want to do a quick little history, quick little history lesson. Okay. Um. The playoffs originated in 1947, and at the time, the top two teams from the East and West would have to play a best-of-seven series, while the remaining teams would have to play a best-of-three series. And then the winners from those two rounds would play each other again, or would play each other. I don't like that format, right? So then it transitions and it changes to uh, in 1949 to a best-of-three series um in the East and West, and then a best of seven series for the championship game, right? Good. Still evolving a little bit. 1975 goes from best of five series, um, and then in the first round, then goes to best of seven series. I'm saying all this to say the game's evolved, and it needs to do another evolution because currently it's one through eight, East versus West. And the first round, the second round, and all the rounds of seven game series. That's nice. But I want to see one through 16. Like, it, like why can't we? Like, that, it, it, it really doesn't make any sense because we're being gypped of better competition. Matter of fact, let me bring up this little point. In 2017, I, I did like a little peek at what the uh, teams might have been. Some teams, it's, this is not accurate. Because some teams did have the same record, so I kind of looked at the point difference that they had, and then kind of just said, okay, well, that was a deciding factor. So, in, t- in the second round, Golden State versus Washington, so that's John Wall versus Curry. So now we're answering questions about John Wall. Boston versus Toronto, which happened. Spurs versus Cleveland, I'm just saying, that's a good one. Houston versus Clippers, no one really cares, right? Let's scroll up to 2018. We'd have the Rockets versus Wizards, Toronto versus Milwaukee. Golden State versus Miami, Boston versus Minnesota, Philly versus Spurs, Cleveland versus the Pelicans, Portland versus Indiana, OKC, Utah. Those are a lot of interesting combinations right there as well that turn out to be Houston versus Utah. Whoever you want to pick versus Indiana, uh, Golden State versus Cleveland, which would have been good, and then Boston versus whoever would have won in the other competition because that's a toss-up for me. So you see a lot better stories happen throughout like and and, it, and some are still similar at, with the with the east versus west but you see a lot of you, you you see better matchups you see better matchups and like i actually would have liked to see that it actually turned out that it would have gone exactly as it is today um like milwaukee would have played boston toronto would play philly golden state would play houston denver would play portland if they all won but still i like to say changing the seeds you get to see better matchups, different combinations. I'm tired of seeing East versus East, West versus West all the time. Let the best teams play at the end. Maybe the best teams are in the West, not the not the East. Like I, I like seeing Golden State versus Houston last year over Golden State and Cleveland because that's a sweep versus a seven-game series. I feel like you threw a lot of teams at me that I don't remember from 2017. I almost feel like you talked yourself out of your point. By saying it's similar to what it is. No, 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 no. no. It's I will similar, say but it's that I do agree with you in saying that 
there is I think there should be a 16 team seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that if, if things have gotten a little boring and I think this kind of supports my contraction theory but um, staying on topic I do think that um, having a 1 through 16 would have a lot better matchups. I don't think that we would see a Rockets Warriors as we're seeing right now in the second round. Um, I think it would be a lot more competitive. I think you could see like a Bucks versus I don't know, Portland would be a lot more interesting. Um, I think what the NBA is struggling with, because I know I've heard talks of them considering that, is just how they would work out, excuse me, the travel schedule. So if it was a Bucks versus Portland, you know, they would be traveling cross country. Where would they play? I know there's a lot of jet lag for the players, et cetera, but I support it. I think it would be something that would be dope. I think it could help the league in terms of competition. Um, well, I you have a similar it. result. But it's better competition in each round. Like you have better story now. Like an East versus West team. Like for example, an OKC versus a Philly. That's Russell West, Russell Westbrook versus Joel Embiid. That that's there's tension between those two players. You get different stories that we haven't that we've been robbed of really for the longest time. And it, it, it it's it's time for a change. Like I would love to see back in the day. Um, Braun to go up against more Western teams. Now you get to truly get a sense of how these players play because now you get, okay, Kevin Durant versus Braun in the second round. Or you get a Braun versus Kobe that we were robbed of. Like you, That allows all these stars to meet, not just in the All-Star game or in the regular season, but potentially in the playoffs. So it, 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 And now that kind of for me, goes against your point on contracting teams because now people want to see more games. Like, how are you going to work with that? Like, more games? Like, I... Well, I think it's the same amount of games, so you don't got to contract the NBA by half. I guess it's, what, 30 teams in the league right now. You cut it down to, like, 15, 20. Take those 10, 15 teams that are being cut out. Do a draft with them. You still have some people that are getting cut out. However, you still have the top 16. The 16 teams are better. They got more talent than the teams other than teams that are just going to get absolutely obliterated by the Warriors, and it just makes it more competitive. So I still think with the 16-team format as it stands, yeah, by and large, the games are going to be more competitive, but I would say that the Warriors are probably still going to make it out of there alive. I still don't see anybody out of those 16 teams whether it's from the East or the West, whether they meet in the first round or the finals that are still going to compete against the Warriors. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. But, you know, yeah, I think the 16-team format is something that the NBA should consider combining the East versus West, regardless of whether LeBron cares for it or not. Yeah. But I think that I think that's all we have, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Andre, unless you wanted to bring up something else, I'm good on my end. I'm cool, man. I think we covered it all for today. Alright, so you know, as usual, ladies and gentlemen, I got more buckets than Andre today. Um, he's gonna deny it, but it's okay. You know, haters are gonna hate, as my man Arthur said. Alright, take care. Alright, everybody. Later.